This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, here's Michael Hefele. And it is a having dream to be on the podcast. And he takes the chance. Oh, where's he going to drop? Hefele is in there! He's going to chase the keeper down. He's charging down. He's just scored. For the most bizarre goal you'll ever see. Infield, he's got Moy. Moy can still hit one anyway. Deflection. Hayfler. 2 1 on the field town. Michael Hayfler, the cult hero. Mr. Schindler. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Yeah, Christopher Schindler, this guy. This episode is once again sponsored by the brilliant Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, if you're in lockdown and you need a couple of beers, uh, Magic Rock are offering uh, next day delivery for all orders over £40. No voucher codes needed. Uh, Just head over to uh, the website, which is www.magicrockbrewing.com forward slash shop. And also keep an eye out on social media over the next couple of weeks as well. There'll be some more packs and uh, a few interesting things on the horizon as well. A very warm welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Today we continue our Cult Heroes series and I urge you to crack open a can of Magic Rock's finest German Pilsner, prepare your swear jars, saddle up your giraffes and get nice and comfortable because this isn't a dream, it's a heffing reality. I'm Matt Shaw, today with me Richard Kosmar and Neil Wayne and a very warm welcome to the podcast. It's... Michael Heffley. Michael Love it. I love the guy. Love it. Buzzing. All right, I'll stop that now. Yeah, please don't. It gets better from here, Michael, don't worry. It does get better from now on. How, first of all, how are you doing, Michael? How's, uh, how's everything with, uh, with you? I'm okay so far. My family is okay. Everybody's healthy. Um, so there's not, not much what I can say in these uh, difficult times. We are all good. 
and hopefully you guys are as well all good and all safe and all healthy because it's a little bit uh, yeah times for everybody i would say but uh, overall i'm okay i feel good excellent so it's, it's fantastic to speak to you first of all thank you very much for giving up your time and and joining us on this on this podcast what i'd like to do is maybe start the journey when you were hef the little lion we'll say when you were a youngster um, how did you become a footballer? And maybe you can tell us about how you didn't get into, uh, is it 1860 Munich because of uh, a certain Christopher Schindler? Yeah, Christopher Schindler, this guy. <laughs> he didn't want wanted to have me in his team, but this was like um, a little bit later when I was like maybe 16, 17 or something. I started in my hometown called SC Cheyenne where my, my dad was my coach in the under nine, under, under tens. Uh, and it was like literally always my dream to become a professional uh, footballer. Uh, even when we are from a very small, uh, small village. Yeah. Um, but it was always uh, my dream that uh, one day I became a professional footballer and uh, yeah, just, uh, tried to do everything as well when we were like little, little kids. Uh, my dad was like my, 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 my mentor, my trainer. Um, so there wasn't like not much fun when you, when you didn't do well in a game. So um, uh, he, t- he told me what I should uh, do better or what was, what was not so good. So he was always like, um, yeah, the force for me, to bring me in the right direction, to to show me what what I can do better, what I should do better, and yeah, that you just uh, just should chase your dreams, and uh, nothing is uh, impossible. He always said you can dream, or we always dream as a family as big as we can, and uh, when you when you can dream about it, you can achieve it as well at some point. And so this was always our philosophy when you work very hard, when you have like your dreams, then you can achieve it. And uh, so I, I worked my way um, to the next city, Pfaffenhofen was called. It was a little bit a bigger club. We played a little bit higher in the youth, but not, not on the top level. I never was in the top level, like Bundesliga or like uh, youth Premier League or something when you want to compare it uh, to the British football. It was always like... Um, Two below of third league, so not not so good, but it was okay. You know, I was to this time, um, yeah, very tiny, physical, not as strong as now. Hard to imagine uh, been small, small, yeah, <laughs> small, thin, and uh, was number ten. So it was, um, yeah, no, no, not the best, but uh, I still, we still believed. I still believed in my, uh, in my. Um, yeah in my dream and then uh, we we just always um, tried to get to a bigger club so I made like nearly every summer or winter a trial with uh, with with the next bigger club around me which was then Ingolstadt to this uh, time um, yeah they were called MTV Ingolstadt and afterwards it was FC Ingolstadt Norfia and this was my next bigger step and from there on we always played as well, like in the second youth division, whatever. And uh, I tried then every summer and every winter. I, I scrolled in the internet. I searched for the numbers for 1860 Munich 
or FC Augsburg, uh, the contact persons who, who is responsibility for, for the next level, for the under seven, 16s, under 17s, under 18s, under 19s. So I grabbed out of the internet, always the contact person, called them and said like, hello, here's Mike Lefle. I'm playing English, can I come around for a trial? And then sometimes they say yes, and sometimes they say no. So uh, I always pushed it. And most of the times they say yes, and then I come around, for example, to 1860 Munich and tried there my best. And um, they never really wanted want me or even to Augsburg. It was every summer the same. You go there, you try two days the best you can. And then on the end of the day, say no. It was quite hard to this point because you just had like um, no's. And I thought like, I, I do the same like these guys. Why you, why you don't take me? So this was like break my, my heart a little bit because this was the bigger club where you can play like Bundesliga or like you see they're the same age, they're playing maybe national team or, or another level, you know, and you want to get as well to this level. And they always say no and I never understood it. So I, I just have to work harder and harder and harder and try then again and again and again because I, I uh, we were never giving up. We just said like, okay, Thank you. We we will come back again, and uh, in the under 17s or under 19s, it was this accident with uh, with Shindy. He was uh, their captain, and I already know you know this this guys who playing there because you know I'm from a small village. I googled everything up and had a look who were the guys, what they can do, and followed them. You know, um, and then when I was there at 1860 Munich, for example. We did a warm-up and uh, he was captain to this time. So he had to go to the trial list. Nobody wanted to go to the trial list. It's a little bit harsh, but it is. You, the, the kids are brutal. You know it, how kids are. And they, they think they're better. They're coming from the big city and now it's like a little guy coming from the village. Uh, we show them a little bit off, you know, a little bit here, arrogant or whatever. So Shindy had to do some passing drill with me. And honestly, I can tell you, this guy was not nice to me. <laughs> he passes me the ball so hard and wobbly and all this stuff. And I thought like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing, literally? <laughs> so he killed me. And then the, the gaffer to this time was, was uh, looking how the passing is going on. And obviously, when you shoot at me, I can't control the ball and I can't pass it back. So he said like, oh, what are you doing? You can't control the ball. And I was thinking like, you see how he passed me the ball? And yeah, so this was the first uh, first contact what I had with uh, with Shindy, and uh, on the end it is it's not working out. But like he he um, yeah uh, yeah he made me feel very small to this time. <laughs> and uh, on the end of the day, I ended up in FC Augsburg, where I come as well like uh, all the time for some trials um, every year with. Uh, the first year was Thomas Tuchel there. He didn't want me. And the second year was another manager there. And from there, I, I, I started to feel a little bit more what it means like real football. You know, they said like, um, play a chip or play like this balls. And I was like thinking, what, what, what are you saying? A chip ball? What, what is this? You know, a scoop or something. And I didn't know it. So I, I learned a lot of, uh, of this environment because it was more professional. 
And then on my last half a year in the youth, I wanted to to play so badly uh, Bundesliga, youth Bundesliga, and I went to Unterhaching as well. I called them up. I said, like, listen, I can I have a trial there? Can I have uh, two days? I want to come if it's possible. And yeah, they they took me and they played a half a year Bundesliga, which was immense, immense. Um, even I even had to to um, to give. Uh, I I got like for half a year. Uh, money for for my mom and dad for the petrol, which was tiny, tiny bit, really tiny bit. Uh, and the guy in Augsburg said, like, you can go, but you have to give all the petrol money back. And I come like from like, we are like on the middle, you know, we are not rich. We are normal people, under normal people, working very hard, my family. And this was like, we couldn't believe it. What, which kind of person this guy was because it was always an hour to the training and my parents always drive me, uh, drove me. So, um, yeah, this was very nasty from this guy. But on the end of the day, we are obsessed with, with football and with this dream to play Bundesliga. Then we took it and we played there for free because we just love this game. And, uh, yeah, we want to we wanna achieve something. So it's, uh, it's all about... Uh, to play football and to play in the Bundesliga and not to to to, to earn his money. And I saw the next steps from there better to become a professional. And then when this change was from the youth to the um, senior players, this was where I really kicked in with, yeah, 18, more 19, I started to, to grow I'll get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger because I did like previously, like I did nearly every every day. This was like one thing what I what I did over a couple of years every night, 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups. So I gained a lot of power from this. I don't know. And I did a lot of extra work. And then it just like slowly comes in. And when we played then fifth league in German football against like proper men, like they had, everybody had a beard and they were like proper men, you know, um, then we just smashed them because, uh, we had no fear or I had no fear for the, from these old guys. Cause what, what they want, they play five, fifth league and they want to show off now. And then you just smash them guys and say like, listen, not with me, you can do it with somebody else. And this is real, like real senior football where like some big, big talents, even which played Baba Munich or whatever, you see it always, all the big, big talents, all of a sudden they don't come through because like uh, in a senior team is like men's football. Somebody grab you, somebody push you, somebody hit you, somebody is nasty to you. You have to handle this. And so I quite liked it because like I was like ruthless with the other guys. I wanted to just become professional player. And if you were my striker, I would snap you in two or in three. And I don't care because I just wanted to come through. And after this year, which we did very good, I become then uh, a professional contract uh, in Unterhaching in the third, third league. And from there on, I played like 35 games. And this was uh, yeah my start in the professional uh, professional industry because like it was as well very tough i got like the opportunity to uh, train once one year before with the first team 
And it was the same. There were big players there and they thought like, ah, oh, this little kid from the under 23s, I, I hit him a little bit. I give him my elbow. I give him shit, whatever. But not with me. I, 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 I literally like put him on the ground multiple times. He said like, you don't want to do this again. Otherwise I, I, it's gotta be a fight and say like, whatever, what do you want? Say some bad things to him as well. And the next situation, long ball, he was jumping up. I headed the ball and I chopped his head off as well with my head because you can't mess with me. This is football. And this is why it's football so beautiful. Everybody is the same. It doesn't matter how old you are, um, how poor you are, how rich you are, whatever you achieved or not achieved. When you are better, you're better. Like you said, and it's brutal as well, isn't it? The competitive yeah. nature is brutal, especially at youth football as well, because you're all scrapping yeah. to be that professional player. And I think where you're, where you kind of came to prominence, if you like, and and, and as a name was probably um, Dynamo Dresden when you moved to Dynamo Dresden. You had a great spell there, and I, I, by the looks of it, that's where you kind of grew a lot as a footballer. You were made captain there. Just a little, just briefly on on Dynamo Dresden and uh, how really you came to uh, to move to Huddersfield as well. And the Dresden fans still love you as well to this day. They still tweet you, Instagram, they're, they're, every time you say something, you get a lot of love from from Dresden, don't you? So um, tell us a little bit about Dresden and then how you moved on to Huddersfield. Yeah, this uh, Dynamo Dresden was for me like uh, my, my biggest step to this point uh, in German football to come to such a big club. Because there were every every weekend where there thirty five thirty thousand people there, and it was like proper proper. You felt like you you're playing for Bayern Munich. Because when you go in the city, when you go to restaurants, wherever you go, they wanted to take pictures, they wanted to take uh, signatures, and it was just a totally different world. In the first year, um, it was a little bit difficult because they just relegated fresh and they, they did a restart and uh, with the manager, they were not really, um, was working. Uh, then he got uh, sacked, whatever, but it was good to see both sides. You know, when you win in Dresden, it's perfect. You're the king of the world. And if you lose, then you rather stay at home because then <laughs> they let you know that you should do better. And so this was very, a good, very good experience from how it is to to handle pressure, to deal with people. Uh, for the for the people in Dresden, Dynamo is everything. And if you don't care about the club, the people will feel it. And for me, I still love Dynamo Dresden as the same I love Huddersfield Town because Huddersfield Town is my first club in English football. They gave me the opportunity to 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 live my dream. So these two clubs will be always like, I have a big place in my heart. So Dynamo Dresden, I say it right now, is like, is my love as well, as well like Huddersfield Town. So it's like English and German. So what should I say? They make me big. They gave me the opportunity. I become their captain with Uwe Neuhaus, a great manager. Um, Had a beautiful time there. And it was just, just amazing. And I still love to be there because all the people show me so much love, show me so much respect. And I, I just love them. You know, it's the same, uh, when I, when I speak about Huddersfield town, when I, when I, when I'm up, uh, Yorkshire, I'm in Huddersfield or whatever, 
have to talk to people uh, from this region and they, they still show me so much love because I know I love them as well because this like first love, I don't know if you, if you had this ever or not, you, you always remember your first time and in Dynamo Dresden, I felt the first time like a proper, proper footballer and was my first major trophy for me. Okay, we promoted from third league to second league, but this felt like you won the Champions League yeah. with all the people around you. Thousands you leading the singing as well, isn't there? With uh, Yeah, this was great. This was great. You stand on the, um, uh, on the edge, yeah, on the platform, and all these people, 30,000 people, 20,000 people, they listen to you. They listen to you. What you're saying, they do it. And this, this unit, this is, this is awesome, 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 awesome. When you, when you, when you, when you have a nice chant about your rival, and you, you, you give them a little bit, you know how it is in football after after game, and everybody is on it. This is just, I can't describe it. It's like the same when we won in the Wembley. Uh, Promotion to the Premier League and 40,000 people are singing the Michael Effley song. And when I came over to UK, it was just my biggest dream and one of my aims that I get my own song. Because I know in UK, the players, they get their own songs. And I was just like thinking, try everything, do everything that you maybe get a song that you get lucky, you know, and this is just insane for me. Well, let's start talking about your move to England. You, you moved to Huddersfield. David Wagner must have been a big factor as well in moving over. Um, David Wagner, a lot of love for most guys on this podcast, you know, an absolute favourite of ours. Uh, you, you were a fan of English football as well, you've said. Um, just tell us a little bit as well about coming over and and tell us about that trip to Sweden. On the well, island. the first time when I heard about Huddersfield Town, uh, I was sitting on my couch in Dresden we were like comfortable to getting champions. And for me, like was everything sorted that I um, stay longer there. Cause you know, I was captain. I felt like, felt like the trust from the whole club, from the, from the fans, from everybody. So um, for me, there was like no reason to go anywhere else in Germany. But my biggest dream is of course to play in England because here, is amazing. I always went with my best friend uh, to the Boxing Day games because in Germany you have like a winter break and then it was always like one of the first things what I did go to UK and watch the Boxing Day because this this was so unbelievable for me and I just thought like I want to play one day as well Boxing Day Boxing Day and I thought like I can, I can play this as well, what this guy's playing. I was like at Brentford, little tiny stadium, loved it. I was at Reading, I loved it as well, the atmosphere. I was at Chelsea. It was just the British people, you know, when you come over there, my friend could speak English, I couldn't speak any English. I was thinking I speak really good English, <laughs> but like some guy said, like, this guy can't even speak English. What is he, what is he meaning? So <laughs> I felt like shock. Shocking. Uh, and then my agent called me and said, like, Huddersfield Town want to have me. And I was thinking, like, oh, my God, 
this is England. This is really England. This is, this is impossible, impossible. I, I, I looked up straight at Huddersfield Town. I didn't know it before, but I saw the badge. I liked it straight away. I liked it straight away. Googled the, uh, the stadium, John Smith. I said, hmm, delicious. Looks nice. Looks really nice. <laughs> and then it was for me like a no-brainer. No, no, no-brainer. I said to my agent, okay, listen, do it. Do it. I want to do it as quick as possible because England is is the big, biggest dream as a footballer where you, where you can go to, you know? And then I said to him, we do it straight away. I uh, had a little chat with David Wagner, which helped as well a lot because he can speak to you German. Uh, my English wasn't that great. Okay, I could understand a little bit, but um, when you have a gaffer, a manager, uh, who can explain you certain things in your language, then it helped a lot for the start. Um, and it was like just the opportunity to come over to UK because I tried it before. It never worked out. It's like a door what is always closed when you're not a top, top player. I'm not a top player. I'm not uh, Messi Duzil or Mertesaka or all these guys. For the big dogs, okay, they came over. But like for the, for the guys who are not so in the, in the, in the, in the big, big, big star uh, uh, models, um, it's, it's quite hard. And, you, and you, you barely see a lot of uh, Germans or in, the, in the championship. So for me, it was a no-brainer to come straight away there. Had a good chat with David Wagner. Um, he had a good game plan. And uh, I was thankful just to get the opportunity, even from, from Dean Hoyle, which is like just amazing because this... Uh, this person made everything possible that, um, yeah, he, he, he wanted to change something and bring a new spirit and a new mentality to Huddersfield Town. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be thankful and we'll, we'll be like, um, yeah, always, always uh, with, with, with him. Michael, how did the uh, Dresden club and fans take it? I mean, you were their captain, 30,000 fans. It sounded like... <laughs> I bet that it was a bolt from the blue from them. I bet they were really shocked. Was it emotional leaving them or were the club surprised? How did that kind of end? Um, yeah, it was a big, big shocker, to be honest, because uh, most of the players who are leaving this football club, um, they don't really um, uh, get like um, a very nice goodbye because like, the people there are upset that you leave their football club. Um, obviously it's understandable when you like uh, play a good season there when you're a big part or when you're captain and then you just move on for your next career step Um, obviously supporters never see this good there and it was like quite a big thing because I played a very good season there obviously captain and uh, they loved me I love them and uh, I just were totally honest with them guys I, I, I was no bullshitting around. I said to everybody, to the manager, to the sports director, um, to the chef of the, of, the, of the fans, supporters, I communicated everything very transparent because a lot of people are hiding behind the agents or whatever. I said, like, listen, guys, I love you to death. I love Dynamo Dressing to death. But, and you... St- you, you just promoted in the second league of Germany. 
And this is as well amazing when you play there, when you have the opportunity and all this, this crazy positive people around you, you feel like nobody can do you anything. When you go inside there and 30,000 are in your bag, you think like you, the other team, we eat you up. We, we, we like, you know, you feel like so powerful with them. So I just said to them, listen, this was always my dream to go to UK. And I got now the once in a lifetime opportunity to do it. And I want to really, really do it. I want to, I want to try it. And I want to go to UK. First of all, it's always my dream to play there and uh, yeah, to be there. Um, and on the other hand side, obviously I told them as well, honestly, that the financial aspect is a different point in UK that you get a little bit more, whatever. And I communicated this straight away with them. And they said like, Michael, listen, you told us this so fair, so transparent. We still love you. And they, they gave me like very, very big applause and like all the 35,000 people like giving big surprise, uh, um, a presence, you know, even from the club, which is like, I still got them. I got like a very, very big, um, um, I can send you a picture of these guys. This is just amazing. Like with my shirt, with a lot of pictures around it. And this shows me, they just did this for me because they love me so much and they still love me and we're still in contact. So this is the reason why everything went well, because I played fair with them. They played fair with me. It was obviously an emotional, very hard situation for the football club and for me because you had like two wonderful years there. A lot of tears come down. What is normal? Because like I'm not a robot. I've, I'm, I'm just a human, you know. Uh, and as well, if you go to another dream, it was still hard to leave this. I don't know. It was so crazy because it was your decision. You want to go. And yeah, I was looking forward to it and I want to do this. And I was like so excited. But on the other hand side, you, it was sad as well. You know, one eye was crying, the other one was laughing. So, but I was, um, yeah, it was good that they, the, the ending or the, the goodbye was like very, very... Uh, mutual respect on it. A lot of mutual respect from between respect. you and between, between you, the fans and the club, which is, that tells us a lot about your character. And obviously, we, we got to love that character when you rocked up in Little Oldersfield. And uh, to be honest, you had a bit of a slow start. You went in the team for a couple of games and then all of a sudden, a little night down at Aston Villa. Yeah, but before we get there, Neil, let's let's talk about that Sweden trip to trip. Sweden. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, I've forgotten about Sweden. <laughs> forgotten about it, so sorry, guys, but there's so much what I have to tell you know. And Go, it? this was very emotional, like you said. Um, uh, yeah, and then this uh, adventure started with uh, Huddersfield Town. Um, sorted everything. Was looking forward to it. Everybody was very excited, uh, and. I can remember when we fly over with my agent, Manchester Airport. I was so nervous, honestly. I was so nervous. We drove this motorway down to Huddersfield. And at some point, we're just like, it was just green, like in the book, in the English book, in the school. It was really like in the book. Yeah. 
Then I thought like, wow, this is amazing. And then was this house in the middle of the uh, oh, motorway. No yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we, we came to Huddersfield. I was just surprised about the, the quality of the grass, you know, it was proper English grass. The pitch was like, Mwah. and I thought like, ah, oh, this is a dream, really. Ah, oh. drank my first tea, which was a little bit, Mwah. I had to get used to it. My first Yorkshire <laughs> tea. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah I was just so excited signed everything and totally happy and I felt home as well I felt home uh, it was like as well f first love you know uh, this is how my feelings uh, I went off and then we we went uh, to this uh, crazy trip to, to Sweden which was a big adventure as well with all the English guys then some German guys there you can't really speak so good English some things one you what do you want to tell them or what do you want to do you can't really explain it and then you have to show it with your body and um, then this the sleeps in the tent were horrible you don't get proper sleep but for the group this adventure which was like I wouldn't wouldn't do it again <laughs> and we can do it again but it wouldn't be so nice but it was like for this time, for this group, perfect, perfect. You got like a good bound together when you were in these little canoes and you had to carry it to another little bit piece of water or you have to, to paddle to, to uh, the other end from the little islands. It was amazing. I'm still having like big contact to Sean Scannell, which is a monster, this guy. I thought like these British guys, what are they doing? They're just eating proteins here. These arms were like guns and we were together in a boat and he said like he's scared of water. And I was thinking like, what? You're scared of water. You look like a bodybuilder. You can't be scared. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I can't swim so good, he said. And said, listen, Scan, no problem. We will rock this. Honestly, we will rock this. When you fall in the water, I grab you. And then we had this race with the other guys in the canoes because it's on, uh, uh, on the end of the day, it's, it started to get competitive. Who is the quickest? Who is the quickest? And then I can remember it was like we setting up for one island to the other island and Sean and me were like in this bloody canoe and it started to rain like heavy, heavy, heavy. Was cold as well. 
And we felt like, oh my God. And then we just like paddle as hard as we could to get to the other, other side of the island as, as first. But Mark Hudson and uh, Joe Coleman, they beat us. I don't know how they beat us. They had a good technique. And our boat was bare power. We just made zero technique, all power, you know, pure, pure strength. And we said, like, come on, we do this all for the Premier League. And there it, 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 it started. And you spoke to the other guys, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to do? And say, like, yeah, we want to promote. And I was thinking, like, yeah, of course we want to promote. I just said, like, the championship in Germany was the trophy. I want to have this feeling again because this was a, um, a tremendous feeling when you like get this trophy, lift it up, want to have this again. After and that so- trip, Michael, did, did you see promotion as a realistic thing or was it just a bit, still a bit of a dream or did all the squad actually believe at that point that promotion could happen? I didn't know what the squad was thinking, but I was thinking from day one, I came from a promotion, I want to have this again. I want to have this again and I know we will promote. So this was my feeling and my work attitude to achieve this again. And then when the season got like on, you know, the first couple of games and then, you know, some things happen and happen and happen. And I told them, guys, we promote, we promote. But we have to work, obviously, a lot. You have to work a lot to achieve it and not just like you work one week or you work two weeks or you work a month. Yeah. You have to work all the time. Every day. All yeah. the time. It's like every time when you come home, okay, what are you doing now? You recover now or you, I don't know, do something crazy and silly. You have to recover. You have to look after you. Every, every guy is different, you know? So you just have to think about this all the time. I remember when the fixtures came out and the first three away games were Newcastle, Aston Villa and Leeds, which are probably the three most difficult away games in the league. Obviously, we won at Newcastle and then we rocked up at Aston Villa. Tell us about that. That was quite interesting, wasn't it? Ah, wow. First three big, big games, yeah. What happened there? I can't remember. (laughs) I can't remember. I can't remember. I was like the first games a little bit sad, you know, that you that I don't uh, get like game time or whatever. But it 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 is like this, you know. No problem. It's a long season. You need everybody, and uh, you just uh, have to win. Doesn't matter who is playing. And I was so, yeah, greedy, hungry, horny for some success, for some, <laughs> you know, just to come in. I want to come in that I got it ticked over like my first appearance in English football, my first minutes. And then, yeah, the first game was like, not like this. You got any time. And then I don't know when we drive to Aston Villa, this was like a massive stadium. Wow. I, I don't know why, because maybe Hitzelsberger was playing there. So I knew a little bit Aston Villa, but that everything is so big and the pitch was like perfect. Yeah. It was just like proper, proper British football, you know, English and the, the changing rooms and the entry and all these trophies on the left and the right. And even the manager uh, was like um, this guy with the bold hat. Can you remember? Quite big guy. Was it, he, he coached Chelsea as well. Dimitri, I want it. 
Champions League winning manager, no less. Yeah, yeah wow. And it was crazy. And uh, uh, we did the warming up with uh, Dean White, and he's obviously a big player as well. And we sipped the balls, ping, 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 ping them. And then the warm up was already, I thought, like, wow, everybody, every ball is like on point, on point. You, you can't do a mistake here on this pitch. And I thought, like, please, please, please. I prayed on the bench. I want to come in. Please, 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 please. I want to come in. I made, like, a couple of sprints outside there. And I just wanted to be so ready. I wanted to show I'm ready. And I want to do something. And I didn't want it to sit on the couch because normally you, you warm up five minutes, you go back. Then you go again. But I was consistently outside because I just wanted to be feel the atmosphere, floodlight. This is ah, this is this is the feeling, you know, the proper feeling. Could you hear and the then, crowd as well at that point? Because that's the night the song started as well. Yeah. You might remember yeah. it just slowly started building and creeping, didn't it? The, the Michael Heffler song, and it's just like slowly, quietly. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Then the manager. I said to to Dino, because he was looking at me and said, like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you warming up so hard? Because I sprint, I jump, I do this, this. I felt like, yeah, Dino, I want to come in. I want to score a goal. And then I come over to you and we celebrate. And he was like, whatever, whatever, you German freak, whatever. And I said, like, no, no. When I come in, I score. And you know, Dino, you're yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. And the gaffer, Okay, Hef, you come up front. And I was like thinking, okay, up front, perfect, perfect. <laughs> score, you know, easy. And then I was like, had so much energy and so much power. And it was, I was like, I wanted to turn my, turn my shirts. I saw the fans over there. They gave me a push as well. And I don't know. What, what's happening? Aaron played a long ball and I thought like, I chased the ball, I chased the ball, I chased the ball. I want to get this ball and I jump and it hit my bomb and... Like a rocket, 25-yard rocket. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I freaked out. Saw you guys over so there. <laughs> as fast as I could. I, I think I never, I never was that fast again in my life. And just wanted to have this knee slide with the Bavarian claws to show that I'm here, that I'm here, boys. Where, where I remember in, that, that really, night. Where we were sat, Cosy. It was class, wasn't it? Because we oh, were right man. next to Villa fans. So that, that they, they want happy. That <laughs> night we went on with my coach chef and you sent me a direct message because I put on an Instagram this video. Yeah, it was crazy. This was crazy. You, you can't imagine how I felt there. I felt like wow, wow, wow. Can't, couldn't couldn't sleep even because I was so full of adrenaline. You know. <clears throat> The celebrations at the end were great as well with David Wagner and yeah. you lifting each other in the air as well. And we, we surprised that we did the wave as well. The, the, it's a very European style celebration, isn't it? Doing the wave to the, the fans at the end. And it's not often seen in, in England much, you know, with the um, wave. So it was, we we surprised to see it. Or was that just nature of what it's like in Germany? It's just nature. I was like, I was coming like from a club where you like go to the fans after a match you have to show them respect for their support. For me, it's normal mm. to go to the fans, either clap or make the wave when you win. 
because this is we all sitting together in the same boat. You yeah. cheer us up 90 minutes or 95 minutes and we are running on the pitch. So we have to show the respect. So for, for us, was it was it quite normal? Oh, for me, with the wave. So but, uh, then later I, I understood that it's not like the tradition in British football that you do this, but... but we loved it, yeah. Um, oh, we, we absolutely <laughs> loved it, yeah. Is it, is it like, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. I think it used to wind the up. Without you guys, football is not the same. You see it right now when we're talking about like um, this behind closed doors games or whatever. But football is like uh, yeah, that's not football, is it? Without you, I think it used to wind a, a lot of the opposition fans up, Michael, because we had something special and people. As bigger clubs probably than us, it used to really get on their nerves, and I, I used to love it because the more we won, the more we did it, and it really wound so many clubs up. It was brilliant. Yeah, they, yeah. I don't think they understood the togetherness. Do you remember your home debut in the league as well, Michael? You came on a sub against QPR as well, and your first touch, you tried to dribble the ball from defence all the way, and you almost scored, didn't you? I wonder if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Lewe, he should have passed me better. This guy. <laughs> Anyway, um, I just thought, like, come in and do something. I want to do something, not just, like, head it or pass it or give it away. I see these guys from Coupe. I'm better. I can do something. I have to do something for the team. When I get the ball, because everybody was tired, I have enough power to make a little chop and then just run. Just run with the ball. Nobody can take me the ball. If somebody's coming, okay, I put my body in. You can foul me, no problem. Or just like, just hold it a little bit that we that we win. And then, yeah, I spoke, I spoke to my dad as well. He just said, do, do something then, do something. And I, I wanted to score as well in my home debut. And uh, yeah, the touch was a little bit bad on the end of the day. And this print was quite long, boys. <laughs> so you got from one, it was fast as well, almost as much as the, uh, the, uh, the, the Aston Villa one. After- but- the thing I remember about that home debut with that, because we were in the South Stand, is like, we'd never seen it before, but you used to go right tight on the touchline, waiting for the goalkeeper to pass the ball. And and we were like, what is he doing here? Because it's like, you know what it's like in Yorkshire, get it upfield, you know, all this. And this was a kind of a new start to us, a bit of an education. And it was really funny because the opposition kind of caught an on. So you were like, you were waiting, like, give me the ball. And others were like, and we were like, oh, don't pass it to him. And it was, it was really funny. It was unique for us. We'd never seen that style. Yeah. Now it is like kind of uh, the match plan, what we had as well, to play the ball out of the back, um, which uh, uh, brought David Wagner in. Because like some people, they don't like it. Or some, some, some managers, they have a different philosophy. But I was used to it as well in Dresden. We played this as well. So... I want to have the ball on this line, very deep, give me the ball. If like a striker is coming, pop, 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 we pass the ball around because everybody can pass or maybe a dribble, whatever. And then you go on from there. You, you, you don't just boot it and then hope for the best. It, it was a plan in behind. I can always pass it back. And Danny, which was an incredible goalkeeper as well with his feet, uh, he can switch it. And then the left side is open. So it's very easy. You can't really make a mistake when you just believe in your strength. Even it's just two touch. You need a good first touch. You play it to your right back or you play it back or you play it on a number six. 
So it's, it's quite easy. I was used to it, to Dresden. Yeah, we played it a little bit. Uh, we played it more arrogant in Dresden. I was taking the ball there because we were like a lot better than the other teams and go in from there with a dribbling. But in UK, everybody's a little bit better. And like when you do a mistake, they straight away score a goal. So you had to, you had to deal with it as well. You have to um, understand the philosophy from the new manager. So it was, it was good. I love it. I love it. Neil, I think that start of that season was, it, you knew it was something different when, you know, Michael and his dressing gown and his air freshener. I, I just remember, I think text Neil that time thinking, whoa, what are we signed here? This, yeah. this is what different because the English, you know, it's like Michael English, we up a stiff upper lip, we're very serious about everything. And all of a sudden this man's coming in, putting on social media, he's driving through with a just again with an air freshener. And all of a sudden, <laughs> obviously some good results early on. And it was just like, it was fun. It was different. We'd never seen kind of anything like that for, for it, a long time. were little bits as well. Like you didn't, you didn't turn up in a big, massive car. You had the little car and you, everything about you were just different. And that's what attracted all the fans to you, your personality, everything about that. And it was a real... From Villa onwards, I remember coming out of Villa and saying to me, Dad, don't weigh home. I said, this, is, this season's just different. It just felt good. And you could sense from the, from the chairman to the manager to the players to us, and it just felt there's, there's something happening here. This is, if, this is our chance. And it, it, that's like, it seriously felt like that. And you as a team, you could see the togetherness and that togetherness spread like wildfire to fans. And we were just, everything that you said, everything that anybody, we were on it. And anything you could ask us to do, anything that ground, we'd have done it. It was just, uh, the, the relationship was the best it's ever been between, between club and fans. And you were a massive, massive part of that. Michael, what did you think of like the? Because we had a, the incident. I think it was against Derby when David went storming down the touchline, the last minute winner, and jumped on everyone. And obviously there was a lot of there's no respect here. And and well, no, we'll come up to the Leeds game later. But it's just, did you find that puzzling? Because for me, football's about emotion. But we were stirring people up, like I mentioned about the wave, and then that as well. But that for you, that's just normal, isn't it? Germany, that kind of uh, scenes at the end. Yeah. This is this is normal. This has uh, nothing to do with uh, no respect. You always respect your opponent or or the other club. So this is just pure pure emotion. Because when you win, when you win late or whatever, or when it's like a very very important game with a lot of pressure, it's a relief, and you have to have to let it out. And uh, this was normal, normal fuss. Michael, it took you a little while to get into the team. Well, obviously, Mark Hudson was was club captain and you know a good centre back, so it took you a little while to to finally. But you finally nudged him aside, and I'm, I'm thinking now we're moving on towards Christmas and and Boxing Day in particular. You got to play your first Boxing Day game against Nottingham Forest, um, which was which was great, obviously for you. That that must have been great. And I just want to tell you a little story about something I heard, and you can comment on this if you like afterwards. But I was listening to a, a radio show at the end of the season. And they were interviewing a guy called Britt Asombolonga, who is now at Middlesbrough, but he played for Nottingham Forest at the time. And they asked him, uh, Britt, who was your toughest opponent that season? 
And his answer was, on Boxing Day, there was this, I came on a substitute and there was this German guy at Huddersfield who, when I came onto the field, threatened to break my nose. And then within, within the first challenge, he whacked me across the face and bust my nose. To me, that doesn't sound like Christopher Schindler to me, does that, Michael? I'm just wondering if you remember <laughs> how much you enjoyed Boxing Day. And again, it was quite funny listening to the, the competitive edge coming through as well. And uh, I hope Brit's okay. Yeah, well, I don't know, can't remember, it's so long to, long ago, but, you know, on the field, you just want to win. And uh, maybe... All costs. All costs, uh, maybe not all costs. Uh, <laughs> what, what happens on the pitch happens on the pitch. Yes. So afterwards, I don't care, we are friends. I, I give you a handshake, we can change uh, jerseys, whatever. But on the pitch, I will do anything to stop you to score or do anything for the team. What what you have to do, you know? Maybe it was Chris Schindler as well, because he's as well a little nasty guy, covered <laughs> in like a charming face. He's sneaky. Is he like the silent assassin kind of guy, you know, really smiling, <laughs> nice face, and then yeah. when, when your back's turned, he's there. Well, you, <laughs> you We've already know. heard about Schindler, haven't we? He tried to sabotage his trail. You know, it's... <laughs> Never, you, you said he's a, like, he, it was a German, so... I feel like more than a British, not than a German anymore. So. <laughs> when you say half German, half British, yes, okay, then it's maybe me, but I don't know. You built up a really good relationship, though, didn't you? Together at the back, it was it was a perfect relationship in many ways. You both had your own sides. You know, Christopher Schindler can play right and left side centre-back, and you've got a brilliant right foot for range of passing, good left foot as well. And it just seemed a really good fit, the two of you together. You were the one who would go for the first ball, you know, attack the first header because you're good in the air. And Christopher Schindler was quite good on the ground as well, sweeping up. It just seemed like a really good natural partnership. And it didn't really matter that you're both German. You just really suited each other's games very well. Yeah. So it, it was from the, the first day, it was like just natural. Like you said, we, we had a great uh, relationship. We had a great bound. Um, we wanted to win. We wanted to achieve Everybody um, help the other guy uh, when he needs help, or or yeah, just supported him. Uh, we're like uh, we we didn't play against each other; we played with each other, and um, we spoke English on the pitch. You know, Rana Rana is coming this or that, so it was not a not a. We never spoke uh, German uh, on, on the pitch, so it was just like from the from the balance, it was like a good, very very good mix, and uh, it was very enjoyable as well because you 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 could uh, trust the other guy, you know, if you maybe miss miss something, he will clean it out, or if he missing something, then I will be covering him. So it was just like all of the the match situations, it was all automatic. You know, you didn't have to speak a lot. You didn't have to uh, study uh, some opponents or whatever. It was everything natural because he had some things what I didn't have and I had things what he didn't have. So it was like a good yin and yang, you know? Mm, absolutely. It was, a, it was a great partnership. Let me let me just quick charge my uh, uh, laptop. I get a... <laughs> no <worries. Charge. laughs> Yes. All right. So Matt, I remember we had a really bad run. We lost to Wigan, I think it was late on, and Fulham gave us a real pat pasting. And part of me wondered, had we kind of 
had we'd had our fun, it was our fun over, but there was a game before Christmas at Norwich, Friday night on TV, where I really thought, wow, we are back. And I thought probably might have been his best performance of the season that. Because I think Sky were thinking Norwich were going to have a nice easy day and a night, and we were we scored a brilliant goal and all, didn't we? Uh, Kachunga, was it? Kachunga got both. Yeah, yeah. Kachunga. Stankovic but, played at the back, didn't he, as well? Yeah. yeah. We well, then we went on a run then. I think we won like kind of four, was it six out of seven? And uh, yeah, like you said, Matt, coming into the new year, things, we were back on it, weren't we? And uh, automatic, maybe. Yeah, we, we signed Colin Kwaner in that January, but there was still a need for a, a super striker, Michael, I think. And against Rochdale in the FA Cup, you managed to bag yourself a couple of goals, didn't you? And I remember EA Sports even got you a striker card, didn't they, for FIFA and you had you in team of the week as a striker. I'm just wondering what you remember of those those games and moments. Yeah, this is an incredible moments, you know. Um, <laughs> the game was like... Uh, not so good in the first half time, you know, at Rochdale, pitch was blah, not good. They played dirty and it was like one of these games, you know, in the cup. Ah, it's not running so good, you know, where you're thinking, oh my God, bloody hell. And then the gaffer said like, oh, Hef, you go up front. Now you came in. And I was thinking like, center half came in in this game. You have to, will be a difficult game, you know, you have to focus because just play long balls and when you do a little mistake, then we'll, in these games they will score with a wonder goal or whatever and then you say like, you go up front and I was thinking like, yes, blood, nothing better than this, 45 minutes up front, ah, this is so good and then it just, just, just happens, you know, uh, first goal, Aramoy, nice cross, Header was okay, and I just wanted to. I thought, like uh, on the on the bench, I want to extend my celebration a little bit, and the, the plan was to slide on my stomach and then go into my uh, in the Bavarian line position because uh, the pitch was like perfect for it. It was like wet. It was a little bit muddy. Lost and your trousers? Did you? As well? I lost my trousers. This was the only thing. I go down. I go up, and all of a sudden, I feel like whoo. My my willy is looking out. And I was like, okay, good. This would be this would be good. This would be iconic. Yeah. But it was just like my sloggy and uh, that was fine. And then uh, Colin Kwana made a nice pass again. And uh, all of a sudden uh, I, I got a striker card from uh, FIFA. Uh, it was amazing. It was just incredible. Is, um, I'm digressing a little bit, but is Colin Kwana as good a cook as Elias Kachunga says he is? He's a good cook. He's a he calls him chef cook, doesn't absolutely he? Absolutely chef. This guy, what he is like um, doing in the kitchen, I say like, wow, this is good. How much effort he put in and how much detail he put in. It's like, he's a really good cook. He seems a great guy, but we'll... We'll talk about um, Colin a bit later on, maybe. Um, it's coming up to that that time now where we made a, an amazing run. We, we beat Rochdale in the cup and then we have this run of games which looks very difficult on paper. We've got Brighton at home uh, who were top of the league. We had Leeds United coming up, a big local derby, Rotherham away. There was some difficult games, QPR coming up and we were sort of toy- we were sort of fifth and sixth. We were in a good position, fifth or sixth. But at, at this point, it felt like we, we hit the afterburners a little bit. 
uh, and we really went on an amazing run, which put us onto the brink of automatic promotion. Uh, the Brighton game was probably one of the best performances you'll see from Huddersfield Town team, probably from what I've seen, or maybe all of us have seen from a Huddersfield Town team in 30 yeah. years, would you say, guys? That Brighton performance yeah. was amazing. Comfortably, yeah. Comfortably. Uh, that first half against Brighton. And then I just wonder what you remember of that, and then maybe we'll talk about the uh, the special uh, the special goal afterwards. Oh, um, I can remember when we played Brighton, they were like, well, they were top. They were top. Yeah. Yeah. They were top. And, uh, I don't know. We, we felt in general, very strong. You know, we, we know they come to our John Smith. It was a night game as well. Floodlights on. Sky TV. We're unbeatable, more or less unbeatable. You can't beat us because we were to this point so strong. Um, all the rhythm and the automatic, uh, how you pass when you run or whatever. It's just like a natural, a natural, a natural. And we thought like, yeah, we, we will beat them. We will beat them. We were full of confidence. And then the match uh, were going like how we wanted. We score, My- go. Oh, what a night. Late in May in 2017. Shinder scored, it was a heaven dream What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League The greatest sight in Georgia Square did see What an evening, what a night Got a funny feeling when he walks and a fence and then the commentator yelled he takes that chance Oh what a night Lost so safe in mesmerizing me Low low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh what a night Oh I, I got a funny feeling when he walks And a fence and then The commentator yelled he takes our chance Oh what a night Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.